Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is your Sunday Reset. No matter how you wear it, hair is deeply personal. That's certainly true for black hair, which has long been politicized and even ridiculed. Right now, there's even a petition for states to take up anti-discrimination legislation called the Crown Act to end discrimination against hairstyle and texture. Three states have passed that legislation so far. Film director and Chicago native Matthew Cherry created an ode to black hair and black love with a new animated short film called Hair Love. The film tells the story of a young black father learning to do his black daughter's hair for the very first time. The duo use an online instructional video made by her mother to guide them through the process. It's been nominated for this year's Academy Awards for Best Short Film in the Animated category. With us now is Matthew Cherry, director and producer of Hair Love, and Karen Tolliver, one of the film's leading producers, as well as Sony Pictures Animation Executive VP of Creative. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much. Yes, how are you doing? Doing well. So this is the first Oscar nomination for both of you, so congratulations. Uh, For people who haven't seen Hair Love yet, Matthew, just talk us through the story. Yeah, so, you know, Hair Love is an animated short film about an African-American father who is trying to do his daughter's hair for the first time. We see that the daughter wakes up and she's really excited about this special day. And basically she's tasked with trying to get her father to um, listen to her and to do her hair for an event that we reveal uh, at the end of the short, which is really touching. What inspired the story? The thing that inspired Hair Love was really just representation, really wanting to see a lot of representation and animation that I hadn't really seen uh, growing up, wanting to really spotlight black fathers who so often in mainstream media get a bad rap, and then also just wanting to normalize hair. Like you said, so often our hair is police and politicized and Even when you see that story with that young gentleman in Houston, uh, DeAndre Arnold, who is not able to walk in his high school graduation because he has locks. So, you know, it really was done with that in mind and really wanting to just normalize our hair. And we're just really proud of how it came out. Well, Karen, there's there's the story about black hair that's in the short. But then there's also this really strong story about black family and black love. Talk about that. Yeah, listen, I've been in animation for many years and have never been able to work on something so personal to me and, and about a black family that, you know, we all live in and we know and have friends and, and so forth. But as Matthew said, hasn't really been represented in animation. So it was a dream come true to kind of put this family out there. And, and, it, and for me, especially, I've got two boys, two black boys that are going to be going out in the world soon. And I feel like having depicting a black father, as Matthew said, in ways that, you know, kind of flips what sometimes a negative stereotype about black men was really important to me. I felt like the more we could get this positive image out and show what we know is that dads are really in there doing it like everybody else. And some statistics say even black men are probably even more involved in their kids' lives. I felt like it was a way to kind of help protect our black men out in the world, really. I want to talk about Zuri, the daughter in the film. She's this little girl. She's got a ton of confidence. You see her carry herself, you know, in in a certain way. She's got this big hair which I mean, comes with a character of its own. Talk a little bit, Matthew, about how you decided to give the hair itself a personality. 
we just really were trying to represent what we're seeing today in, in real life. You know, there's so many kids now who are growing up that are so prideful in their hair and their appearance. And oftentimes they're getting that from their parents. That was something that we really wanted to show in the short that the mom has kind of been hiding in plain sight the whole time as a hair vlogger. And she's got this confidence from her. And one thing that we really hear a lot on the trail um, now that the short has come out is, you know, a lot of parents kind of coming up to us being like, man, I wish I would have been able to see this when I was younger. I may have uh, loved my hair a little sooner. And so, you know, I think just having the opportunity to kind of showcase a young girl who's prideful in her appearance, you know, is something that we hope also translates into real life and that young girls are able to see Zuri and relate to her and see how confident she is in herself. And um, really something that we're really glad that we were able to get in there. Well, I want to listen to a moment from the film. Here's Zuri and her father. They're listening to a video blog as he's working with Zuri's hair and voicing the video blogger is Issa Rae, creator of the TV show Insecure. All right, here we go. First, we want to moisturize these beautiful thick curls with a leave-in conditioner, which will also help detangle the kinks. Now, part all your hair into sections and clip it away. Talk about some of the other elements that you feel were central to making this short film what it is, Matthew. You know, I think for us, it was just all about the development process. You know, we had a really great team. Uh, You know, we met Karen pretty early on in the process, right after our Kickstarter campaign. She was really great. And just, you know, small things like making the father younger, making him look more like the millennial fathers that are out there today with the arm sleeve tattoo and his look having long locks himself. You know, we had two great directors that were on the project as well, Everett Downing and Bruce Smith. And, you know, I think it really was just about the development process of the short film. I love animation because you get a chance to make the film before you actually go into production so many times. You get to rewatch it and look at what's working, what's not working. And, you know, there was a lot that was in the script initially that didn't make it in. And it ended up being a thing where we were just like, we really have to earn this ending. It's such a, um, you know, kind of powerful conclusion to the story that really talks about how, regardless of if you have hair or you don't have hair, you know, you're still beautiful. And we really wanted to get that message across. And, you know, just, again, major props to the team for being so open to, you know, working with somebody who hadn't worked in animation before. And, you know, I think it came out really well. Karen, talk about when Matthew came to you or or when you connected first around this idea for Hair Love and and what made you convinced that you had to take the project to Sony Pictures? Yeah, I was working at another studio at the time. And, you know, I work on these big movies that are $90 million plus kind of movies for feature animation. And Matthew came and said, hey, we're looking to try to put this together. Could you produce it? And, you know, first, when I heard about it and saw the Kickstarter and and his take on the story, loved it, fell in love with it. It was so personal to me. And, you know, it was like, this has to get made. So that was clear. What wasn't clear is like, okay, well, am I the right person to produce it? Because I've made these big movies, but I've never done anything. I mean, look, Matthew raised a lot of money, you know, on and it was like the biggest Kickstarter. Um, ne- nearly $300,000, yeah, I think it was, was a Matthew. lot. But for doing the, you know, we wanted to do it at a high level, like these, you know, Pixar shorts and things that cost, you know, $5 million, you know, or more. I knew that it was, we were on a shoestring budget. So I said, listen, if you can take me, if I, you know, jump onto this, you know, just know I don't really know how to make these. I know how to make the big version, <laughs> but let's, let's roll up our sleeves together and it'll be like going through grad school, trying to figure out how to do it, where to do it. Luckily, I was going to, coming to Sony at the same, 
same time. And I kind of told my new boss who, you know, here I'm trying to like prove that I can do my day job, that I've got this little project on the side and we're going to do it nights and weekends and it's going to be fine. You know, to their credit, one, they always could see that this was really something that needed to get needed to get made. But as we started to evolve it, it became something that I was able to actually bring into the studio. And they gave us resources, which was huge in terms of like giving us a platform to get prepared to to get into the Oscar competition. Well, you know, it's interesting. Once word got out about the film, you, a lot of big names came forward. Issa Rae, Jordan Peele, actress Yara Shahidi. Uh, Matthew, you know, what did you think it is about this film that resonated not just with the people who chipped in on your crowdfunding side, but also with folks who were already successful in Hollywood? They, they said, you know, this needs to happen. <laughs> I wonder that all the time. You know, you know, I'd, I'd done campaigns like this before. And it was always a struggle trying to raise like $15,000, you know, when we were gotten to South by Southwest and we were trying to get finishing funds. And so I knew with this project, if I ever wanted to support like a bigger Kickstarter campaign, I just really wanted to focus on my social media. You know, I think a lot of times as filmmaker, making movies is so expensive and you have to get so many people together to make a good project. And there's so much kind of downtime in between projects. And I just really put a lot of time into trying to build up the following so that, you know, people would be more familiar with my work and would hopefully support it and so I think it was just kind of a culmination of like people have already having supported prior campaigns and knowing that I actually delivered on what I said I was going to do but then also um, you know the project was just really cute like we we had great artwork from uh, Vashti Harrison who ended up also illustrating our book I was able to reach out to Peter Ramsey and Frank Abney who at the time uh, Peter was working on Into the Spider-Verse because I really knew the importance of having a strong team around it because I had never really done animation before and I just think sometimes you're just like you have something that's on the pulse and I think the whole combination of natural hair you know a father-daughter story and then also just representation and animation was just this perfect storm. Well Karen as a studio executive I wonder what you make of the success of this short film but also you know Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse which uh, Matthew just mentioned that main character is Afro-Latino he did incredibly well in the box office do you think Hollywood is looking to greenlight more pictures like this? Definitely. I mean, we're crazy if we don't because, you know, the audience is really speaking that they want to see themselves and representation is it really, really matters these days. And, you know, when you do it well, the good thing is it becomes a universal story in the specificity of the culture. You know, the thing about the short is that everybody is kind of claiming it as their own, you know, so it doesn't even feel like our short anymore because people really believe in it. And the thing about this experience for me as an exec is that Matthew's kind of like a, a dream come true because he came not only with an idea, but he came with the following you know and it's like it's hard to market these movies and get them out there in the world but when you already know that people out there want to see it you know that's half the battle kind of cutting through the clutter and I really think the answer is to get more people you know diverse voices in the room when they're making the decisions because it'll become a personal decision like it did for me. Karen you say this this story is personal to you how does it intersect with your own hair journey? Oh, wow. Well, you know, as a black woman, as soon as you're born, you got (laughs) to deal with your hair. And so like everybody, I have all the, you know, I grew up in Texas. I went to a private school. I was like the only black kid in my school, my class for many, many years. And so it was, you know, but I had all those experiences of like, you know, going to the hair salon every Saturday, every other Saturday, uh, or my mom at home when I was younger, pressing my hair and burning the back of my neck and, Mm. and all of that and trying to, you know, people kind of questioning your hair. And, you know, I pressed it and wore it the way you're supposed to for many years. 
years. But when I left high school, I started experimenting with natural hair. So I've been wearing my hair natural for decades now. But still in certain circles, you have people questioning you. You know, I literally in the past year, I've had a grown black woman ask me if I was able to wear my hair natural in this corporate environment today. And that makes me sad, but it is. And, you know, as Matthew mentioned, you know, with the Crown Act, there's a lot to this for us to represent ourselves. And it's a very personal journey. And I think we really have to just normalize it and and make people not feel like I did when I was little, that we were alone in this battle. You know, we find out in the film that the mother um, of young Zuri has been ill. She's lost her hair. and, and, And there's a scene when we see her And she's bald. And I have to tell you, it took me back to a moment I had with my sister who had breast cancer and going with her to a shop to have her hair shaved because she was losing it due to chemo and sitting in that space with her and just crying. But she was beautiful. Without her hair, she was beautiful. And it took me back to that in the best way. Uh, But Karen, I mean, I think that that as black women, this this connection to hair it's so deep and it's so personal and it's so emotional. It really is. And I may even repress this this thought because you're right when you see that image of the mother in the end and it's such a beautiful thing of her being bald but still being beautiful. When I was in high school, my mother got lupus and she lost all her hair. And it was really something, you know, you're a teenager and you're very self-conscious about your own image. So I was really taking it personally going, you know, I felt for my mother, but I was always, always also afraid that I was going to lose my hair. And so, you know, you're combing your hair and making sure it's not shedding too much. And I wish that I had had that moment that you're talking about or the, the image of the, the mother at the end where you see that bald is beautiful and it's just, you know, it doesn't, your beauty isn't represented, you know, only by your hair. There's so many ways to express yourself as a woman. Well, you know, what's interesting is right around the time you got the Oscar nod for this film, our representative Ayanna Presley came forward yep. with her story yeah. um, of, of dealing with alopecia. And she talked very movingly about how she struggled with this feeling that she was betraying young black girls who admired her hair. She wore it in, in a protective style in twists and came to the floor one day wearing a wig because she'd lost all her hair and feeling like that was a betrayal. Now I walk into rooms and little girls are wearing t-shirts that say my congresswoman wears braids and we receive letters from all over the globe of women who talk about their own emancipation that uh, they feel that I've given them permission. My twists have become such a synonymous and conflated part of not only my personal identity and how I show up in the world, but my political brand. That's why I think it's important that I'm transparent about this new normal and living with alopecia. And Matthew, I'm just curious, you know, for the women in your life who've seen the film and who I'm sure you've had lots of conversations with Mm -hmm. about their hair journey, how would you describe this moment we're in when black women have this opportunity to really present themselves authentically in the world Mm -hmm. when it comes to their hair, whatever authentic looks like to them. Yeah, you know, I think it's 
about time. You know, I think it's extremely brave. It's crazy, right, that the act of simply being yourself and wearing your hair as it grows out of your head is commendable and something that even needs to be drawn attention to. You know, it, it should just be. And that was really important for us in the short film, too. Like, that's why we really try to represent the whole kind of gamut of different types of hairstyles, like in the thumbnails of the vlog. You see it then also with Zuri and her hair and, you know, the dad wearing locks and also the mom at the end of the short, you know, having lost her hair. I think for us, it just really was about trying to just really kind of the thing that Zuri presented to her mom in that picture, like kind of regardless of what you look like and regardless of what your hair is, I still love you and I still think you're a queen. That's why we're really proud, uh, like Karen mentioned, to be, you know, have this relationship that we have with Dove and their involvement with the Crown Act and the fact that there's like actual legislation now that's being passed that is, you know, working with black people and people of all different types to be able to wear their hair how they want to at school and, you know, in the work environment. And so, you know, I just hope that this helps to continue that conversation. And I hope that, um, you know, in 5, 10, 20 years from now that it's not even anything that we even have to talk about. You know, it's just it just is. Well, I know everyone says it's been an honor to be nominated. But Karen, mm-hmm. what, what would a win mean for you? I mean, first of all, it'd be a dream come true. But I really hope it gives people out there that watch this just inspiration to tell their stories also and you know I want more diverse filmmakers that I can green light their movies and bring them in and so yeah I hope it feels like a win for everyone I think that the voices and the people that are telling the stories just need to get more and more diverse every day and Matthew what about for you what would a win mean it would definitely be life-changing in a lot of ways I mean honestly it already is in a lot of ways I just would love the platform that this would give the project just because we put a lot of love and a lot of representation into it. And I think it would just spark a lot more conversations. And also too, you know, I just think it would create, you know, it, it will create more responsibility, I think, for us personally as well, just because, um, you know, we're going to want to continue telling stories at a high level. And I think it just kind of validates when you tell a story that's so intimate, you know, about a black family that is, you know, dad doing his daughter's hair, that every story is valid and that there's no to- story that's too small. And as long as you're coming at it with, you know, love and good intentions and with the hope of just creating more opportunities for others that you've already won. Well, I want to make sure to mention that Hair Love is also a children's book by you, yeah. Matthew, an illustrator, Vashti Harrison. Yep. A wonderful book. Yeah. But for people who haven't seen the film yet, and we've been pretty pretty cagey <laughs> about the plot of the film. I don't yeah. want to spoil it for anyone. Well, I want I mean, them to see it and experience it. Yeah. But where can they see it if, if they haven't seen the film yet? The short is online. You know, it's on all of uh, Sony Animation social media platforms. So on um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram TV. And yeah, you know, you put in a quick Google search, it'll come right up. And we'll make sure to tweet out a link to the film at WBEZ Reset. That was Chicago native Matthew Cherry, director and producer of Hair Love. Also Karen Tolliver, Hair Love producer and Sony Pictures Animation Executive VP of Creative. They're both nominees for their work on Hair Love as best short film in the animated category. Thanks to you both and best of luck. Thank you so much. And that's your Sunday Reset. Follow us on Twitter. We're at WBEZ Reset. And I'm at Jay White Pub Radio. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. And let's talk again soon.